Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, my talk 1071. Hey, if you want to go see um, an awesome show at the Guthrie, Guthrie Theater, uh, you and a friend, Mike, will have tickets to see art at the Guthrie coming up this hour, so don't go anywhere if you want to win those tickets. Okay, the SAG Award nominations came out yesterday, and we didn't get a chance to talk about them. Um, I had some thoughts um, about the outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. Oh, those sound like very specific thoughts. Tell me more. Well, I just, since I just saw Iron Claw last night, I'm wondering, like, why isn't Zac Efron nominated? In, for the Golden Globes, or, or even Jeremy, any of them, like even the who played um, Holt, oh gosh, uh, his last name escapes me, uh, but who played the dad, Fritz, I mean, I just, it's very strange to me that this movie isn't being honored in any way, but that's my first thought, is that they're being shut out of this as well as the Golden Globes. When you looked at the list, what did you think? Kind well, I same. didn't. I did. I haven't seen that movie, so I don't know. I don't know who else was nominated. I'm, I'm pulling up the list here, and I see Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, William Hale uh, for, or excuse me, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. Or, well, wait a minute, Sterling. That's supporting. That's actor. the supporting actor. Which role are you saying leading? Yeah, role? leading. Oh yeah. well, so then you've got Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo, Paul Giamatti, Killian Murphy. I can only imagine that it's just that there were so many other people they wanted to nominate mm, i don't know but yeah. I, but again i don't know what goes into that process that's a good question for our friend paul mcguire grimes he might have a thought as to why it got shut out yes um yeah he might have more on that this um, whenever i see awards come out nominations come out i'm always thinking to myself which movies do i still want to see like these nominations make me want to go out and see Oppenheimer. They make me want to go out and see Killers of the Flower Moon. Although I'm, I don't know why I'm not excited about that. I I actually began the book even, Mm. and I've heard a lot of interviews between the author of the book and filmmakers. uh, And I still am not particularly excited. I don't know if it's because there's just been a a lot of like, I don't know, meh reviews. Mm. I don't know. But I'm, but I'd still be open to seeing it. I'm just probably not going to go to the theater to see it. I'll see it in my, the comfort of my own home because I think it comes out what this week, or next week. I know that you can rent it right now for twenty dollars. Yeah, no thanks. I'm not doing that. I'll wait till it comes um, to to Max or whatever streaming service. It'll be Apple because it was an Apple. I'm trying to see. I got that. By the way, I got that for free. Oh, also, can I take up a real quick moment to just uh, wag my finger at Netflix Mm because the week, like a month. It's not even been a month since I let T-Mobile pay my Netflix bill because they do that. And I didn't know that until last month. Yeah. They were like, hey, we got a great new update for your Netflix membership. And I was like, oh, what's that, you guys? And they're like, (laughs) we're going to give you the ad one for free. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's probably ad. No, it wasn't when I signed up. Uh, Now now it is. Now they're like, we're going to give you this bonus for free. And I'm like, that ain't a bonus. No, that's ads. So anyway, that's just my own little peccadillo. Same thing Prime's doing, where they've jacked up the prices of their non-ad one to the point that nobody would ever subscribe to it. Which Just so we're going to get the ads. I have heard from industry insiders. There are a couple podcasts I listen to that that's the goal yeah is to get everybody on ad service because that 
makes them more revenue in the long run. Of so course. jack up the price so much yeah. that nobody wants it and they all go to the ad platform. Tomorrow, by the way. Thank you. Killers of the Flower Moon will be streaming on Apple TV Plus tomorrow. Fabulous. Oh, I, I shall be that. watching it. Well, if you have T-Mobile, Can I get come it for over free. Sure. And watch it. But you're going to be busy down in Wabasha. That's true. Okay. Um, so don't get I my w- hopes up. Here is uh, a category that I love to see, and that is ensemble ensemble nominations for shows. I love that because Why do you love some, to see it? I love to see it because it feels icky sometimes just to single out one person as like, but then the other person. For instance, like the morning show, Jennifer Aniston is nominated, but then Reese Witherspoon isn't, and mm. I or like. Uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. You've got a nomination for um, Matt, but not for Ben. And sometimes it just feels like, well, why? Why are you choosing? Uh, yeah. I mean, they obviously think that one is better than the other, and that must feel crappy. So I love the ensemble uh, category. What? Who's in that category? You've got um, a ton of people from, I'll just say the shows, The Crown, uh, The Gilded Age. Oh. God, there's so many people listed. Love that show. Uh, The Morning Show. And then you have The Last of Us, which has two actors, Pedro (laughs) Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Well, you know. They're an ensemble. They were. Yeah. A great ensemble. True. And then you also have Succession. um, And then you you go into the comedy series, uh, Abbott Elementary, Barry the Bear. We really... In the building. And again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the SAG award noms that came out we really should the next time paul's in which should be next week i think mm-hmm. ask his opinion because he's actually or no he's critics choice or um which awards show is he actually voting in not sags no it's um critic it's not critics choice. is it critics choice hmm. that one's coming up in three days if it is that's sunday night he's busy he can't talk to us yeah so that is critics choice awards i guess okay. but anyway I digress. I'm on a whole different conversation. Go back to your ensemble cast. No, it's great. They also, like I said, uh, do comedy series. And then you have a category for stunt ensemble honors. Stunt? Stunt people. Ensemble honors. I know none of these people. Yeah. Well, the movies um, that are nominated for uh, the stunt actors are Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy, Indiana Jones, John Wick, Mission Impossible. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm trying to think of who, like, all of those sound like they had a lot of stunt work. Oh. John Wick probably yeah. the most, right? Oh, John Wick. Those are so exciting. Sometimes it gets exhausting, though. I mean, the the choreographed fights, are, it's like it watching took Jamie, dances. like, two days to watch that movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you just watched it in chunks because it's he's like, it's just a lot of... Knife you know, throwing action. and yeah, it's so much action. It is and and but it's they they are just so good at it at it. Um, and then we have. I wonder how much they're going to talk about the strike, if at all, because half of the year it seemed like nobody was working. So I wonder how much Best time. Best strike gonna... sign. <laughs> right. Paul did confirm it is Critics Choice. Thank you, Paul. Oh wow. Um. Yeah. So I have best strike sign. No. Yeah. To your point, though, what would that mean? How would that impact the award? Well, it would just, you know, just not a lot of things were, they had, yeah. And I wonder how much they're going to talk about it, if if at all, mm. because it was such a big deal last year. We all were like, it's still going on. I could see that, right? Yeah. 
We'll sure. talk about their achievements over the last year. So then they break it down by like deadline breaks it down by scorecards. Um, the top ones for um, motion picture are Barbie and Oppenheimer. They had the most. And then um, studios, Warner Brothers leads with six, Netflix five, Universal. And then TV programs. Uh, in first place, you have Succession. This is the last year for them to get awards. And then we have The Bear, The Last of Us, Ted Lasso with four. Uh, so... Well, we've got a lot of awards to look forward to. When is the actual SAG Awards? Good question. You know, you'd think that I would know that, but at this moment, I don't know what you It's say. coming up soon. Yeah, coming up. On a TV platform That's near you. right. Where is it? Yeah. February 24th. Thank you, Mike. Yep. February 24th, we will see who was uh, who of the nominees at the SAG Awards, actually walked away with an award. Thank you, Dawn. When we come back here on The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, ooh, Prince Andrew's in headlines again, and it's for all the same crappy, nasty reasons, and I'll tell you mm. all about it when we return right here on my... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. What's Prince Nasty doing? Well, we're going to talk about it because it's definitely worthy of talking about. That's nasty. The, the never-ending um, saga of his connection to crimes. He's gross. Prince Andrews, who we're talking about. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn right here on My Talk. So, you know, Virginia Dufre, if that name doesn't ring a bell, she accused Prince Andrew of having sex with her between 1999 and 2012 and that she was paid to have sex with him and she was underage at the time. So these accusations are not new. Yeah. But the reason we're talking about it now is because more documents have come out. So the case of Virginia Jufre against the civil case against God, there's so many moving parts. Let me get my brain on against what's her name. She's in jail right now. Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell. Thank you. Thank you. For some reason I was having a brain fart. So yeah. So in that case, there were all these documents. There was all this stuff that was released unsealed. But then there was like another batch that was just unsealed on Tuesday. Mm. And in that new batch, we have uh, some documentation that puts a price tag to how much she claims she was paid to have sex with Prince Andrew on that nasty island. And that's why I thought we need to go back to the story, because here's the thing with Prince Andrew. We've talked about these allegations. His reputation has been ruined by all accounts. Well, I mean. He had been before his mother's passing. Mm. He had been removed from the public role he had in the royal family. Mm -hmm. And then by all accounts behind the scenes, 
people were, you know, conniving to get him out of the spotlight so that people wouldn't be reminded about how nasty it is. Charles allegedly, supposedly tried to kick him out of the house that he was living in. Mm-hmm. Wasn't able to do that. It was unsuccessful. There was this lawsuit that Virginia Roberts or Virginia Jufre used to be Virginia Roberts. That's why I keep saying that. But Virginia Jufre filed the civil lawsuit against him. They settled out of court. So it was like all of these things were in news constantly and then they've gone away. But this story, again, just shows it's never going to go away as mm-hmm. long as Prince Andrew is alive. These allegations, these charges, this story that Virginia Jufre has put forward is going to become or is going to come up from time to time. But not only is it going to come up from time to time. It's like the slow drip. It gets clearer and clearer each time the story is told. There's more detail put to it. And in this case, People uh, has this whole spread looking at the documents. Virginia Jufre was asked if she was paid specifically ten dollars to $15,000 by or on behalf of Jeffrey Epstein to have sex with Prince Andrew. Yes, she said, I did receive $15,000. I don't know. And then she talks about how she doesn't know what that is in pounds, blah, blah, blah. She says, I received it in American dollars. And I'm just like, when I saw this headline, I was like, didn't, do we know this? No, we didn't know this. Mm. But you've got to believe that, like, this is never going to go away for Prince Andrew. No, because, you know, there is this is coming from a videotaped deposition uh, that was done even in 2016. So that if I understand the story right, where it was a lawsuit against someone else. Well, this was about a deposition with Alan Dershowitz, which yes. like we can go down the, the, but all of these documents became unsealed after mm-hmm. this most recent case. And the judge said in, you know, 2024 in January, I'm going to unseal all these documents from this case of Ghislaine Maxwell uh, versus the world when essentially, you know, prosecutors went after her for her role in the Epstein stuff. So there were there was all this documentation that um, the judge said, I'm going to unseal all this because, frankly, the public has a right to know all of this information. Right. So that's why we're hearing about this. Um, I just thought it was so. You know, her protest and claiming that she had nothing to do with any of this. Ghislaine. Yes, it was just disgusting. Yeah. It's like you clearly did and you well, and were brokering women. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, which is why she's in jail. But somebody who has that much evidence against them, I don't want to get too off track here, but her in particular, it was like at some point maybe she's appealing all the time, but you're never going to admit fault. In any of this? I don't know. Ghislaine? Yeah. No, I'm sure she won't. Yeah, yeah she won't. But and thought no. everything she did was completely fine and people weren't affected. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but again, back to, so going back to Prince Andrew, I feel like this story is never going to go away for him. And part of the problem is now he had an opportunity to have his day in court multiple times. Now, I don't know if there's going to ever be any sort of criminal Uh, I don't even know that there could be at this point any criminal action brought against him. There would have to be some new evidence. There'd have to be some new victim. There'd have to be some new person who's got a story to tell. Mm -hmm. So from a criminal standpoint, I don't think Prince Andrew probably has much to worry about. 
But in terms of like civil lawsuits, like people could continue to bring a civil lawsuit action against him. But even if they don't, the fact that he never had a day in court where somebody could rule one way or the other, like if it was the civil lawsuit that Virginia Jufre brought against him, let's say a jury said, oh, we don't believe you. Yeah. And whether you believe that the jury made the right decision or not, you could have your own opinion. But in terms of Prince Andrew getting about his life, he would at least have on paper, somebody saying, I didn't do these things. So then institutionally, when it comes to his family and other mm-hmm. people who might want to work with him or donors or people, business people that he Just wants to work with. repairing his reputation. Like you can't do any of those things unless, so like, even though he's avoided all this prosecution. Yeah, and I don't It doesn't know how. answer any of the questions, meaning it doesn't remove any of the suspicion, the suspicion that's out there. Right. Meaning that even though I think probably he thinks he got away with something if indeed this allegation is true then it still hasn't removed the dark cloud that literally is going to follow him for the rest of his life right and what i don't understand is why charges haven't been brought up against him well it's is it because we have is virginia she's an american girl well but the statute of limitations has run out on any criminal oh, okay. charges that okay. could have been brought she had a civil lawsuit okay. that she made against because him in the United 40 States. years old now. Yeah. And the, he settled with her. Yeah. And so in that settlement, I mean, the only thing a settlement does is, sure, it stops the civil litigation. However, does it stop people thinking you did the thing? Yeah, it actually implicates more that you did it. If you it just certainly want to could. settle, I don't know. If you are adamant about wanting to prove your innocence, I would think you wouldn't just want to go, here's some money. You know what I mean? So... Oh, boy. Well, um, so he's still is he still living in that big um, mansion (laughs) where Prince Andrew is. But the last we heard, he was allowed to stay because he was going to foot the bill for renovations Mm. in not Kensington. What was the name? What is it called? It's the Royal Lodge. Royal Lodge. Yeah. It's so for the audience. There is some there are residences that the king has purview over and. When the queen was alive, she allowed Prince Andrew and Fergie, by the way, to live there. After King Charles took the throne, allegedly, supposedly, he was trying to remove him from that property, but he found it harder than he realized. Yeah. The drama continues. But when we come back, Dawn has all the latest on her thoughts about a movie she saw last night, Iron Claw, with our very own Zach Efron. She's going to tell us all about what she thought of that movie when we come back right here on My Talk 107.1. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Where talk is fun. Every afternoon from noon to three. The Adventures of Bradley and Don on My Talk 107.1. Mama tells me I should. 
right, take a look at your forecast. Uh, it is a look at your Channel 5 Eyewitness News forecast. We do have uh, now a winter storm watch uh, going to be in effect. As uh, Today we're going to have sunny skies as we work up to a high of 16. Then clouds will roll in as we drop down to 10 for an overland low. And then tomorrow snow is going to be rolling in. 19 will be the high, but these snow totals have kind of varied as the uh, days have gone by and the uh, Alerts have gone by. We're now expecting maybe even three to six inches of snow for the day tomorrow and some windy conditions. So be sure to plan ahead. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, My Talk 1071. Thank you for being here. Um, I got a chance to see a movie uh, last night, very late, actually. And I kind of looked at MC like, are you kidding me? Because he's like, oh, no, the Iron Claw is going to be out of theaters or the theater that we go to the most where we have like a season pass thing on Friday and we're going to be out of town. So this is our only chance to see it. And then he opens the page and is like, nobody's even in the theater. So it would just be us. Of course, more people ended up showing up, but I was really struggled with nine fifty as a start well, time. <laughs> you sent us a picture. I don't know, probably about quarter to nine or something, yeah. or nine o'clock last night of the now showing poster. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh God, are you just walking into a movie? And I saw nine forty showtime, and I was like, that is next level. I am a hundred years old. Yeah, ain't no way my ass is getting out of uh, my jammies. <laughs> Well, to go watch a movie well, right. in the dark and I'd I, fall asleep. Anyway, yeah. I'm grateful you did the Lord's work because yeah. you got to see Zac Efron in all his glory. Oh my gosh, you have to see this, Bradley. I mean, as a fan of Zac Efron on a different level, um, you're going to have a great time with this movie. Why so? Um, because the, I mean, he's in his underpants most of the time <laughs> or a small wrestling underpant. From the 80s, yeah. which is kind of just like a Speedo. Well, you know, I used to have like a, like, you know, Colleen and a I, we, we had Zachtober, like the whole month of oh, October right. was dedicated to Zach because that's when his birthday is, I think. And we did like a whole thing. Anyway, the moral of the story is I kind of, after he did like The Greatest Showman, I was like, mm, I don't, I feel like he's kind of, I don't know. So I kind of have like distanced myself a little bit, but... <laughs> But when I, well, because I also thought like he was kind of getting put in these weird roles that I wasn't, you know, I didn't think like they were really like the Baywatch thing, you know, it was Mm. kitschy and fun and campy, but like, I was like, Zach, you're better than that. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you think based on the little conversation we had before the show about Iron Claw, that this role actually allowed him to show off some actual acting skill. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people say, oh my God, he's too muscular. Like he really went for it when it comes to having the physique of an 80s wrestler. But of course Zac Efron's going to do that because that's like, he's just like Mr. Workout. I mean, they all look big, but he in particular looks like a He-Man doll. I mean, especially like Prince Adam because the haircut is really bad. It's a really bad bowl haircut. But it is the way that that's their hair. Like that was their hair back then. It just was. Um, So, you know, I, I just thought he did a great job. He has the best role in the movie because there's a lot of depth to it. It's they're all great roles, but this one in particular, it's basically the lead role. The story is kind of being told through through him and his eyes. And uh, he goes through so many things and he gets a chance to really flex his acting muscles, Hey-o. you know, Hey-o. 
And so you've got that role. And then Jeremy Allen White is also in the movie, did an excellent job. Yes. And I felt like, oh, you know, they could have switched those roles. Like he could have had the role that Mm. Zach has. Okay. Um, But I bet I'm just proud that he got the role because he deserves it. He's been in Hollywood a long time. Jeremy Allen White. Yes, I know he's been in things. And and then uh, the other the two other brothers but he's been he's been doing this a long time and he deserved the role and he did a great job i cried oh, several times oh, good. um and he cries several times really heartbreaking story of the von eric family um and then jeremy allen white had some really great moments because he had such he showed such devotion and dedication to what his father wanted because a lot of this goes back to just pleasing your father, which is, um, you know, or a parent, any parent, you yeah. know, wanting to please some your parent that's pushing you into an area that they did. Yeah. I think a lot of people have experienced oh, sure. that. Like yeah. my mom wanted to be a dancer, not mine in particular, but, you know, and now I am a dancer, yeah. you know. So, Stage mom. Exactly. And so they were all so dedicated to the father in the movie um, that I just thought, the main four boys talk about ensemble cast. I mean, the scenes where it was so exciting to actually see them. Like you're thinking about the actors themselves and what they went through to train in this way. Like however long it took six months or something to be at this level. And actually they are doing all the stunts, you know, and they're in the ring together in unison and they're both leaping, all three leaping up at the same time and kicking. You're just like, Oh my God, like it's really exciting. So there's super, there's exciting scenes like that. Um, And then you have a lot of sadness because it isn't a happy story. Yeah. Um, and then Lily James has a great role in the movie. Okay. Um, but overall, I just thought it was a great script. Actually, we have um, the the actual Von Eric guy, Kevin, who uh, is being interviewed in this in this clip here, um, and how he felt about the movie overall. Oh, fun. All right, let's listen. <laughs> have you seen the film yet? I did. I did see it once, and uh, let me tell you though, I have tinnitus, you know, and it's kind of hard for me. I, I miss a little of the audio, but what a movie! What a movie, really! I couldn't believe they did it. It's, uh, I mean, I would have thought it's impossible. How, first of all, how can find somebody to play Fritz? You know, who can I do that? And then me too. I'm not an easy guy to be. <laughs> well, you got Zac Efron playing you. How does that make you feel? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's something else. I met him last night. We had dinner. And he's you just a, met him last night for the first time? Yeah. yeah. Wow. The, these guys are devoted professionals, you know. They looked into this and knew uh, all about me. I mean, everything about me. That's what they do. I admire it. It's a real craft. My father was, uh, he was harsh, you know, but, but I think I'll just say that even... In Texas, that's not such a strange thing. I played at North Texas State, played football up there. I got a lot of teammates whose dads were just the same way, born around the Depression, you know, and they just, uh, we didn't say I love you and stuff like that. Children to be seen and not heard and all, and I didn't talk when I was with my grandfather. You know, but it was like, uh, that was life for a little boy back then. That's just how it was. And Yeah. It's fascinating. I'm like, whoa, what? You never talked around your grandpa. That's fascinating. You're yeah. seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. It's real old school. Oh, sure. Um, 
All right. Overall, so I thought it was a great film. I would give it a, like a stars, like four and a half stars. Four and a half stars. All right. And Mike, you thought it was one of your favorite films of the year, right? Yeah, it absolutely was. It was right up there with Oppenheimer for me. Is it available on streaming right now? No, not yet. Uh, just going to be leaving theaters. I believe this is part of A24's deal with Max, though. So I think mm-hmm. Iron Claw will be on Max whenever it's available. Well, I look forward probably to probably watching be in a month it or so. on Max, hopefully before the Academy Awards. I hope that they are nominated for Oscars in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. The film really does deserve that attention. I was a little shocked to not see it in the list of the Golden Globes. Well, keep your eyes peeled. And Dawn, um, you are trying to terrify me. Ah! First, you titillate (laughs) me with Zac Efron news, and then you try to terrify me with news on what I would say is the scariest movie of all time. Um, So, Fast Zombies, yeah. 28 Days Later, it was a new take on... Killian Murphy, by the way. One of his first major roles. Yes. So, 2002 is when we saw that movie first. And they were new zombies, a different kind of zombie. They were running very fast in hordes. And it was terrifying. Terrifying. It's one of the best zombie movies out there. Like you kids these days, you're used to fast zombies. In my day, no. zombies were slow and they went, Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> yeah. You had plenty of time to outrun them. You have a little cardio. But in then you. they picked up CrossFit and now we're just screwed. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on with 28 Days Later? Well, you have the same director and writer actually doing a sequel called 28 Years Later. Ooh. And um, it's really exciting because there was an actual sequel 28 weeks later Which in 2007 watched, yeah, a because probably... sequels usually suck but b because i was terrified by the movie and they were only involved because they were executive producers on that movie so now people are hoping that they're actually just going to launch a new trilogy so there will be more than one movie. Oh, okay. Um, like not just one movie, three? Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Uh, Do we have any idea what 28 years is going to bring us? No. Like just more fast zombies or? No, I don't know. And the, there isn't a lot of word out about what it's about yet. So it's just like people are super excited talking about this week that um, in the coming week, there are going to be more things released about it. There's no trailer. There's an it, Okay, Nothing so we like just know that. they're working together. That's correct. Well, I'm yes. excited yes. because that was such a wonderfully shot film. Also oh. terrifying. And yes. really weirdly, just because I think it seemed so plausible. Uh-huh. Yeah, know, the like way they that, presented it. Yeah, yeah, totally plausible. Yes. Right. Okay, and then I saw a trailer for, um, It's I think it's going to be a blockbuster hit this year, and it is called Civil War. And um, Kaylee Spaney is in it. Oh, your um, friend. Yes. Kirsten Dunst looks like she has the main role in it. She plays a journalist. And it is about a civil war happening in the United States. Oh, um, I have a little bit of the trailer here. Great. Guys aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America. The so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. Every instinct in me says this is death. What if- Every time I survived the war zone, I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do this. But here we are. There's some kind of misunderstanding here. What? Well, you're American, okay? 
Okay. What kind of American are you? You don't know? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, man. Um, did you see this was written by Alex Garland, who was one of the writers yes. from 28 Days Later? Exactly. That's why oh, I brought okay. it up. I'm like, oh, look, this guy's got a lot going on this year. Yeah. So I'm excited to see this. I think a lot of people will see it. It was, you know, we've had so many disaster movies, but this one is like. The one that ugh. the only reason I would push back a little bit is like, mm, do we really want to see like a plausible civil war that movie. is what scares me the most like I more mean, than 28 years later especially it's in an too election close to year. home i know i know <laughs> but it kind of shocked me when i saw the trailer like ooh, this could happen Ooh, i don't like this but yeah. i also can recognize that it's uh yeah it'll it'll be big well, i'm sure a lot of people will see it sometimes things hit too close to home but thank mm-hmm. you don nonetheless speaking of too close to home i came across a crime a murder. Oh my gosh, you literally stumbled upon a murder? On the internet. Oh. That happened uh, not too far from here. And I don't remember us talking about this story. When I, I want to play a little bit of this, uh, the news coverage of this story. There was a development in the case, which is why I'm going to tell you about it on the other side of this. I didn't, this is something that happened back in October. Mm. I don't remember hearing anything about this. And when I read the story, it was like, this happened? We I'm were gonna probably you, doing Project Down in Dirty Pickleball Hardcore. Totally. Could have been. Yeah. But I'll tell you about the story, and uh, perhaps you'll have some thoughts when we come back right here on my... Um, uh, Welcome back. It's the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. My talk, 1071. Um, Bradley saw a story that is, um, I think, a Minnesota story about a case and a, a very... A murder. A murder. Yeah. Let's not dance around this. It's okay. a Minnesota murder. Okay. I didn't know about the story. It allegedly happened in October, and I thought, how did I miss this story? Because the way I happened about it was through the national media, mm-hmm. and it was in the context of a, there is no way that this story is true. And so then I start digging in the story, and, and the first words are... Uh, this is true. A <laughs> Minnesota doctor faces blah, blah, blah. Now... Mm. I thought, I don't know this story. When did this happen? Oh, it happened back in October. Wait, why did, I mean, I like to look at the news every day. Mm-hmm. Why did I miss the story? Well, there was a development in the case, which is why the national media picked up on it. And so many of you listeners maybe know, especially if you follow stories like this. Ugh. Okay. I want to just set it up a little bit and tell you that there is a doctor who is accused of killing his wife. His wife died, Mm. also a doctor, by suspicious circumstances. When I tell you, when you read what happened, Mm -hmm. you're going to think or hear what happened, you're going to think, well, yeah. I want you to just have that experience like I did. When you listen to, now this was some uh, coverage from our friends at WCCO back in October. October, actually okay. early November, telling you what happened. That's when investigators say he started his research. On Connors University of Kansas laptop, where he worked as a poison specialist, he searched for poisons and lethal doses specifically for individuals weighing approximately 120 pounds. In August, investigators say he narrowed in on a drug called colchicine, used to treat gout, and bought some online. Oh. 
At one point, Connor made her a suspicious smoothie, and a friend even joked with Betty that Connor might have been trying to poison her. And the night she went to the hospital, Connor surprised her with an alcoholic drink. Over objections from Connor, an autopsy found that drug in Betty's system despite no gout diagnosis. What put the case over the top for detectives, a $450,000 life insurance payment quickly put in Connor's bank account. Not nearly enough to cover his $5 million bond as he remains locked up on murder charges. A poison specialist went on Google and Googled how much poison can a person take before they're dead. And Googled, by the way, a bunch of other shady stuff. And his wife mysteriously dies by what? Poison. Poison. Of the poison that he bought online like i, I mean, read this and it, the, the headline i read was like poison specialist poisons his wife i'm like was anybody not paying attention like i mean I, again i'm not trying to like cast aspersions or like say somebody didn't do their job but when you start to hear how this story unfolded mm. it is terrifying and, and there are all these developments so like feel free to jump down the rabbit hole if you want to include the story that i linked on our show links mm-hmm. page people but sure. they also had coverage at the time and that's why i think some listeners may have heard this story mm-hmm. uh this is Con- dr Conald fitzgerald bowman he was charged by a grand jury indicted with first degree murder premeditated and intent and second degree murder with intent that happened on january 4th which is why we're talking about it now. Mm. But the murder took place in October and Betty, his wife was a pharmacist and like, it is so obvious to me. You, it just begs the question, like what did he think he was going to get away with exactly? When you start to hear the story, you realize that these two had a troubled relationship, but clearly no one was, you know, thinking that something like this would happen. I feel like it's going to be a real tough road for his lawyer. You think? Gosh. He's a poison specialist. He Googles. And again, I want to get the exact like Google. It's so creepy too, Don, because, you know, I went because of course, like the family was horrified and shocked and saddened. And when you look at the online memorial, it's a picture of the two of them and she's looking at him. And I thought, this is not. This is not right because I don't think at first everything was, you know, all the dots had been connected initially. He had tried to cremate her body immediately and Mm. people were so alarmed right when it happened that they were like, no, 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 you're not doing that. Oh my god! So it didn't take long for authorities to realize that something was up. And as you heard in that news coverage, like she had even joked with her friend that he was probably trying to poison her. He was, and he did. Oh, gosh. Well, there hasn't been a trial yet, but... No, he just got indicted this week. Oh, he did. That's okay. why That's why they're talking about this story now on okay. January 4th. Okay. Well, good luck to him. Um, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, since we all... This is a local story, so it feels... You know, when you are interested in true crime... You have a lot of experience listening to cases and how criminals make mistakes. And so there's a tendency to reverse engineer. That's the wrong term. Go back and say, how could this have? Well, hindsight I mean, is twenty twenty. But when you like, hear all the words, killing your wife, when you hear all the words, you know, together like poison. I, I just think the 
absurdity of it all is that he thought he would get away with this. That is my thing. Like, how do you think you're going to get away with this? I mean, oh, boy, it's, it's terrible. I wonder what, you know, I do you know anything about, like, if he had a practice or did was he just a doctor but did wasn't practicing? I wonder if he had colleagues that... <laughs> knew him i wonder if anybody suspected this or you know i'm just thinking about the people that worked with him if he did work here. yeah again he was a poison former poison specialist so clearly he like it was a known quantity that he's worked with poison before but then okay. that, again the the fact that he then went to google and googled he also googled like can police track packages oh um, my gosh well they can track your computer Exactly. That's the part where that you search missed. history. He he also had googled like search history. What can the government like oh, find no. out? I mean, really, it just, just obvious things <gasps> that anybody you'd think in their right mind. Now, clearly, he wasn't in his right mind because he committed murder. Allegedly, here's the thing: you start to read about their relationship, and there's a lot of like salacious stuff online. Which, if you want to go deep in the story, feel free. But they they allege that he. Uh, had a girlfriend and that this relationship was headed for divorce. There was also somebody that she had been talking to, which just you, it makes it that much more tragic that clearly these two people did not want to be together. Mm. Um, So the fact that it ended tragically just makes it even, I mean, it's always going to be terrible, right? Tragedy, but it just makes the story even harder to read that like clearly these two people were not meant to be together. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I'm looking at um the the link that I'm putting on our show page right now um just about the the entire story. Um I just don't how do you think? I mean, we would assume that he was a smart person since he was a doctor. So the fact that he didn't know not to Google that. I wanted to see how old he was with the photos, and it looks like he doesn't seem to be very old. Like, he should have known better. You know, I mean, the tragedy here is is the murder. Yeah. Yep. So I don't want to focus too known. much on, on you know, him and what... I don't know. Um, like, if it was a doctor who was maybe in his 70s or 60s, maybe Googling things wasn't top of mind as something that could be true. Yeah, again, I mean, there are all sorts of questions. You'd think a professional person, but again, I kind of believe that people who are going to commit crimes like these, there's always something missing because if there weren't, they probably wouldn't be killing people. Right. I wonder if this is... And uh, apparently part of the other story, or uh, another part of the story is that he had financial problems. So it seems like there was a financial motivation. They mentioned it in the clip that I played that there was a $450,000 deposit because he was expecting a $500,000 payout from her life insurance. That's another thing. That's like all the things you just don't do. So it's the Rochester area. I'm looking at Olmstead County. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Well, like I said, best of luck to him. Do you know when this is going to go down or when he's going to be 
the trial? Uh, yeah. I have no idea. Okay. He was just charged on January 4th. But again, um, dear listeners, if you want to read the story yourself, Donna's put it on the show links page. I was just like, how did we miss this story back in October, Mike? I kind of remember us talking about the story of like someone thought they were getting poisoned or the potentially were getting poisoned. Oh. Yeah, what then, is that? Was that the same story? I think it might have been the same story where someone's like, hey. No, no what that you're a- thinking about, I know exactly okay. what you're thinking about, where it was slowly but surely a guy was getting poisoned. Okay. Right oh, on vacation. Right. And yes. he was yes, telling you're his right. Sister, that was the story. Yep. Yep. Oh. I'm going to have to dig one. that out. Yeah. But, I don't think we knew this one. Yeah. Absolutely right. This was terrifying. All right. When we come back on the adventures of Bradley and Dawn from uh, sadly true crime stories to, oh, this is a little bit better. We can talk about a holiday that's just around the corner and how Taylor Swift's new boyfriend.